KMTT, Kimitzion, Tetzay Torah, Udvar Hashem, Yerushalayim. www.kimitzion.org Having a new week. Today is Monday. As on every Monday, today's shiur will be the shiur in the mitzvah Ashavuit, the weekly mitzvah, Harav Binyamin Tavori. This week, as we begin Sefer Shemot, we first encounter, of course, the situation of Bnei Israel when they were in Egypt, in Mitzrayim, their slavery, their toil, their suffering. And we meet Kaddish Baruch Hu in his meeting with Moshe Rabbeinu, and Kaddish Baruch Hu informing Moshe of the future of Bnei Israel, And he said... He promised HaKadosh Baruch Hu that not only will he cause Mitzrayim to release Bnei Israel, that Bnei Israel would, would leave Mitzrayim, but he said, My favor, I will find, you will see to it, I will see to it, that your favor is found in the eyes of the Egyptians, and when you leave, you will not leave empty-handed. This promise that Bnei Yisrael will not leave empty-handed eventually was fulfilled by the fact that Bnei Yisrael took the possessions, the rings, the jewelry of the Egyptians when they left Mitzrayim. This reminds us of the mitzvah of ha'anaka, a mitzvah of giving. And today, in modern Hebrew, we use the word la'anik as to give someone a gift, a, a tip for service rendered. It's a mitzvah of the Torah of giving an evid ha'anaka, which reminds us of leaving Mitzrayim. And therefore, the shiur today will deal with this mitzvah of ha'anaka, which is really found in the Torah in Parshas Re'eh. The Torah there says that when you have your servant leave you after six years, the seventh year you shall send him to The word Shiluach reminds us of the statements that Paro, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu said about Paro, that I will see to it that who you shalach, send my nation. And the Torah says, there again in Parshat Re'eh, When you release him, when you send him out, do not send him out empty-handed. Give him this reward, this tip. And then the Torah goes on to remind us, Remember that you yourself was a slave, and therefore I command you to do this and the Torah goes on to say, a few psukim later, Lo Don't feel bad about this. Don't resent it. Because he worked for you. In a way, almost double what the normal worker would do. He worked six years. And the Gerush Baruch who gives you a bracha. 
Rabbi Breuer, in his work, Perkei Muadot, already pointed out that the mitzvah of Ha'anaka is found in Parshat Re'eh. Although the issues of Avadim are mentioned a few places in the Torah, but in Parshat Re'eh, where the emphasis is on reminding us of the slavery of Mitzrayim, as we pointed out, and the word Shiluach is there used extensively when you send him free. The Rav who sends his servant free, the master who sends his servant free, requires Hanaka the same way that Paro gave Hanaka. And that's why Rabbi Breuer explains in Pashat Bahar, which slavery does not relate to the slavery of Mitzrayim, Hanaka is not mentioned. Hanaka is mentioned in Parshat Re'eh with a similarity to Yitzias Mitzrayim and reminds us of the possessions that we took when we left Mitzrayim. Let's discuss this a little bit in more halachic terms. The Gemara in Kedushin has a discussion to whom one is required to give Hanaka. We know there are basically two different types of Eved Ivri. A servant who is Jewish can be bought, attained in one of two ways. There is a Mocher Atzmo and a Machur Beitin. There's one person who becomes so indigent that the Torah allowed him to sell himself. And there is another type of a person who was sold by the courts. It refers to a case where a person stole did not have the means to repay his debt, and therefore Bezdin is allowed to sell him in order to collect the money that he owes. Now, there's a discussion in the Gemara and a discussion in Rishonim because of our time, and we will not go into all the opinions. We will learn basically the opinion of the Rambam, that only a person who sells himself is allowed does not receive Hanaka. Only Machul Bezdin does receive Hanaka. The person who sold by Bezdin does get this tip, as it were, when he leaves, but the Mocher Atzmo does not get it. There's a very famous question about this, why the Rambam chose this opinion when he seems to contradict himself. For those people that are interested, if you look in the Rambam, Hilchas Avadim, Peregimel, Halacha Yodalid, the Mishnah Melech there discusses many issues that come up, but we will limit ourselves to the specific issues that I want to relate to Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, as well as to the Din of Hanaka. The Rambam there says, a person who sells his, sends his slave free without giving him this money, actually transgresses both a lav and an assay. The Torah says, Lo In fact, that precedes the real commandment. The Torah says, Lo When you send him free, do not send him empty-handed. So that's an isra, that's a lav. That's a negative prohibition. Do not send him away empty-handed. And then there's a positive commandment, And the Rambam says, this applies to 
The people that you're required to give Hanukkah, there's a mitzvah ase and a mitzvah lo taseh. In halacha you'd bet, the Rambam said, this only applies to machu bezdin. But molcher atzmo, ein manikim lo. A person who sold himself, you do not give the money. Now, the interesting point is, why do you really give the servant a double portion, a mishnes chasachir, a hanaka, an extra amount of money, or whatever you give him. The maharit, which is quoted by the minchas chinuch, says that the reason for this is because he actually worked double for you. Ki mishnes chasachir. Let's study the pasuk carefully in Dvarim. The Torah says, "V'lo do not feel bad, do not resent it. He worked for you double. How did he work for you double? So, the Marit explains that a servant, a Jewish servant, marries or is allowed to marry a Shifcha Knanis. He's allowed to marry this non-Jewish maiden who works presumably for the same Adam. And the children of that marriage, quote-unquote, will belong to the Adam. That's what we learn in Mishpatim. If the master gives him a wife, presumably the Shifcha Knanis, so... When he goes out, the Evid goes out, he goes out by himself. But his wife, as it were, a wife, and the children, stay with the master. So in effect, the slave did a double duty for him. Not only did he work for him at day, at night he produced children. He gave the owner more slaves. So the Marit says... This is the real reason for Anaka because of the double burden for the extra work he did. He provided more slaves. This, of course, might relate now to the issue that we mentioned before. Who really does have this law of marrying a Shivcha Knanis? The Rambam, and again, there are Rishonim that discuss this point, and we will deal only with the Rambam today. The Rambam in that same halacha, Hilchas Avad in Paragimel Halacha Yudbeis, the Rambam says, Mocher Atzmo, Asra B'Shivcha Knanis. A, a person who sold himself is not allowed to have a Shivcha Knanis. He's not allowed to marry this non, Ki'ilu, to marry this non-Jewish lady. Only a Machu Bezdin, there's a separate halacha, if Bezdin sells an Eved, so the Adon can give him a Shivra Knanis. If we follow the logic of the Marit, we would understand clearly that since a Mocher Atzmo does not have a Shivra Knanis, the one who sold himself is not allowed to marry the Shivra Knanis, therefore he did not do this double concept of work, and therefore he would not get an Anaka. But the Machu Bezdin, the person who was sold by Bezdin, who was allowed to have a Shivra Knanis, he worked double, so he would get the extra Ha'anaka. The Minchas Chinuch, as I said, quotes this Ma'arik, and he said, perhaps, every Machu Bezdin should be able to get the Ha'anaka. 
the Torah said that the, he's, the master is allowed to give him a Shivra Knanis. The Mari thought, since he has a Shivra Knanis, so he works double. The Marit, the Minchas suggests just the possibility of his working double. It may not necessarily be that he really did have a, a Shivra Knanis, but the possibility that his Adam could give him a Shivra Knanis might suffice to say that he should receive Mishnah's Charsachim. So we've learned one point so far. That the Torah told you, you get a Hanukkah, you get this extra money for working, but we said it might be limited to a person who works double, or at least theoretically could work double, or perhaps we would say it in more simple terms, a person who did work above and beyond what a normal person should do. The next issue that I would like to raise in this context is, would we force a person to give this ha'anaka? This idea that when you send your slave free, the Torah requires you to give him this extra money, would we force him to do it? The issue was raised by many achronim, do we do kafiyah on such a mitzvah? Do we do force a person to do a mitzvah? In general, we say that there's a kafiyah on mitzvahs, a general obligation to coerce people to do mitzvahs if it were possible to do such a thing. Would you say that this falls into that category? The Minchas Chinuch raised the issue, and he quotes again a Mishnah Lamelech there in the, on the Rambam, that discusses this issue, can we coerce a person, but it seems to be a mitzvah saseh, shematan It seems to be a mitzvah which has a reward attached to it. The Torah says, and HaKadosh Baruch will give you a bracha. So we have a principle, when there's a mitzvah say attached to a reward, the Torah tells you the reward for doing this mitzvah, we do not do coercion. Last week, actually, on this broadcast, on this shiur, last week we discussed, do you, is there a din of kafiyah by tzedakah? Is there a din of coercion by tzedakah? In a similar fashion, we could raise the issue today, would there be coercion in this mitzvah? The reason that we would assume there is no coercion is because of the reason I said before. Shematan That the Torah attaches a reward. The Minchas Chinuch raises a number of possibilities to explain why perhaps in this mitzvah we would do kafiyah nevertheless. Part of the answers or some of the answers might relate to what we said last week. That when there's a mitzvah that has a positive mitzvah, as well as a negative mitzvah attached, so the coercion would be on the negative part rather than the positive part. The principle is that we do not coerce people to do a positive mitzvah which has a reward attached to it. But that principle had nothing to do with a mitzvah which is basically a negative, which is a laugh. And here there's a laugh as well. Ki biglala dover has there, 
Because of what? Because of the Pasuk, it says, Because you're not allowed to send him. So perhaps the kafiyah, this coercion, is on the laf. The other explanation offered by the Mishnah Melech might be that this is not really considered a mitzvah shematan There might not be a reward directly attached to it. Because the reward is not attached to the sentence where it says to give the Hanaka. It just says later, you should not feel bad when you do this because. And therefore, maybe in general is not a, a bracha at all. It's referring to the bracha that you already received. Because you he worked double and you received more bracha, maybe that's the reason you should give Hanukkah. If that's true, the Torah didn't promise you a reward at all. We could also offer another suggestion. That the Torah told you, do not resent it. We want you to give it with an open heart. And because of that, HaKadosh Baruch will give you a bracha. Maybe the bracha is not for giving it. It's a regular mitzvah. Give it. But the bracha is given to the person who gives it graciously, with an open heart. So the mitzvah itself might not be at all considered matan schar This issue, whether there is kefiyah or not, I discussed so far whether it's related to the mitzvah of giving ha'anaka. But that would raise another issue. Is giving ha'anaka really a concept of giving tzedaka? Is it like the mitzvah of giving tzedaka? In which case, we the issues that we raised last week, and that somehow what I related to right now, would also would still be an issue. But perhaps it's different. Perhaps Hanukkah is not just a mitzvah of tzedakah. Perhaps it's a chiyuv mamon. It's an absolute abliga- obligation. Last week we discussed if tzedakah is an absolute obligation. But even if the tzedakah would not be considered an obligation, and, it, and we would assume that Hanukkah is not considered staka. Nevertheless, Hanukkah might be considered a real monetary obligation that a person to, gives to a, to the slave who goes free. The Gidule Truma, uh, which is a classic perush on a sefer on the sefer Trumas, in Shar Nun Aleph, Chelik Aleph, he claims absolutely that the mitzvah of Hanukkah is based on staka. But he is well aware that other people could have interpreted differently. That it's it's he he says Hanaka she'ena ella b'derech hanina. The Hanaka, which is basically an act of mercy, the poor slave who goes out of slavery, he may have paid back his debts. He might have received money to pay back his debts, but nevertheless, he did not have a salary when he was a slave. And therefore, when he walks out, he has nothing to begin with. So the Torah t- told you out of a mitzvah of tzedakah, give him hanaka. But obviously, the Mishnah Melech also discussed this point. We could learn it differently. We could say there's a real of mamon, there's a real monetary obligation to give this uh, hanaka. In which case, we would say, perhaps, that you do kefiyah on this mitzvah. The one more discussion would be in place here. To whom do we give ha'anaka and under which conditions? For example, there's a law that a person who ran away, boreach, a boreach 
in the Rambam it says that a Boreach there the Rambam in Paragimel Halacha Tesvav Barach Ufaga Boyovel Kishu Boreach A slave who ran away now a slave who ran away should be returned he never really finished his slavery he just ran away what happens in the case where Barach Ufaga Boyovel the slave ran away and while he was escaped before he was caught before he was returned so, Yovel occurred. And when Yovel occurs, so all Avadim go free. At the 50th year, we call in English the Jubilee year, all slaves are free. The Pasuk in Bahar, Ukrasem Dwar Baritz freedom is proclaimed throughout the land, all Avadim go free. But, so this Evid will not be returned. But can we really say that he was sent away by his master? The Torah kept referring to When you send him free, you didn't send him free. He went away by himself. The fact that afterwards he was released by Yovel, that's true, but he did not was not released from your ownership at Yovel. He had escaped. He was not in your possession, Ki'ilu, as if it were that you owned him at the time that he went went away. So in such a case the Rambam says, if a person ran away and Yovel intervened, Yovel came and now he will be set free. The Rambam says, this is not, you do not give him Hanaka because you did not send him. Now, we've discussed a few issues of the mitzvah Hanaka, mostly according to the opinion of the Rambam. We said that who gets Hanaka? the person who was a Mishnes Chasachir, a person who worked double. And therefore the Rambam said, a Mocher Atzmo, person who sold himself, does not get Hanaka, only Machur Bezdin. We suggested, although it's not that clear in the Rambam, that perhaps the Hanaka is based on the fact that Ki Mishnes Chasachir, that he really did work double. We used the Ma'arit, who said that only when the Adon gave him a Shifra Knanis, but perhaps the Minchas Chinuch added even a case where we were allowed to give him a Shifra Knanis. The concept is that he was under a double concept of servitude. Those people would get, but not a person who did not actually overwork as a slave. We also discussed the issue whether we would coerce the owner to comply with the mitzvah of Ha'anoka. We mentioned a few reasons why we may not, because it's a mitzvah, but we said there may be many reasons why we would coerce people to give this money, because perhaps it's a real monetary obligation, or it could be an Easter, or it could be a laugh. But we left in one other caveat, that this does not occur in the time when the slave himself runs away. Now, let's go back, as if it were, to the case of Paro, to the case of Bnei Yisrael leaving Mitzrayim, and let's see if they were really deserving of Ha'anaka within the concept of the mitzvah, which applies in Sefer Dvarim, and the Torah says that this mitzvah should remind you of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. So let's see how this pattern really fits into Yitzhak Mitzrayim. On one hand, the 
concept, of course, of machru atzmo and machru bezdin, those two types of servitude, where a person either sold himself or was sold by court, don't really apply in this case. They were taken into captivity seemingly against their will for no good reason, not that they did anything wrong, but they were simply taken as slaves by the Egyptian people. They worked what the Torah calls Avodas Parech. Avodas Parech, simple term, is back-breaking labor, extremely hard. Not only did they work extremely hard, but because they were slaves, as a nation of slaves, their children, any children that they could have had, that they may have had, and there's an interesting discussion, if they really thought it was appropriate to have children at that time, but any children that they had or would have had would also be slaves to Paro. So in many concepts we could say that Bnei Yisrael in Mitzrayim actually did double servitude. Both in terms of the physical labor they did Avodas Parech and both in the fact that they produced more children, more slaves for Paro who were going to be to, to serve Paro, Paro and the nation despite uh, their own, despite the wishes of the Jewish people. So, in a certain concept, we would say they should deserve this concept of Ha'anaka. Of course, we said that the law in Re'eh, the law of Re'eh is referring to both a positive mitzvah and a negative mitzvah. And we discussed, would we actually coerce people? What happened at the end, of course, is HaKadosh Baruch Hu promised B'nai Yisrael when they leave, Lo telchu reikam. Vaya ki telechun lo telchu reikam. The actual phrase reminds us of the words in Dvarim. V'chi teshalchenu chavshim imach lo teshalchenu reikam. Do not send them empty-handed. HaKadosh Baruch Hu promised, Lo telchu reikam. You will not go empty-handed. The original plan, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's plan, the way we asked Paro, was shalach etami. We really asked Paro, send us. And if he would send us, in formulation of Sefer Re'eh, when you are sent, ki when you're sent, lo So if Paro really would have agreed to the plan that Moshe had suggested in the name of the Kaddish Baruch Hu, Bnei Yisrael would have gone free, and Paro would have given them Hanukkah. At least we think he would have been required to give them Hanukkah. But indeed, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's plan worked out that eventually Bnei Israel ran away. Paro never let them go. So when they left, it seems to be that they, this is the concept of Boreach. And we said a person who runs away would not receive Hanukkah. So therefore, in the, in the, if we would try to frame the halachic work of Re'eh into the story of, of Shmos, we might argue and say Bnei Israel really did not deserve to receive this Ha'anaka, and certainly we would not coerce, by taking the the money, the jewelry, we would not coerce them because they really just ran away. However, the case of running away, of escaping slavery, is of course based on the assumption that the running away is an act that is prohibited by law. When we say there is a Jewish slave, whether we learn Mishpatim, or we learn Bahar, or we learn Re'eh, whichever way we learn about 
the different types of Jewish slaves, the slave who signs up for six years as selling himself, or the slave who was sold by courts, or even the case of a person who re-enlists, and after six years continues until the Jubilee or until Yovel, in all those cases, there is an obligation to fulfill, to finish your slavery. The, di- the case is different in Mitzrayim. B'nai Yisrael were taken as slaves, and therefore it would seem that they have the right, as it were, to escape as when they could. But since they did serve as slaves, so could be the concept of, of Hanaka, which uh, appears in Sefer, in Sefer Devarim, in Parshish Rei, really does apply to them. So, be that as it may, whether we could theoretically discuss if Paro requires, is required a Pidin to give them Hanaka, nevertheless it gave us an opportunity to discuss this mitzvah of Hanaka, and we see in Re'eh that the prototype of the mitzvah of Hanaka is in fact our Parsha. As the Torah says, and I repeat, in Sefer Dvarim, the Torah says, When I tell you this mitzvah of giving Hanaka, you should remember the concept of slavery in Mitzrayim, and somehow the hint is there that the same way you had received your Hanaka when you left Mitzrayim, so too shall we do forever, whenever we have an Eved, and we send him free, there's a mitzvah asay and a mitzvah lot asay. Lot rekam is the negative. The mitzvah is ha'anik ta'anik lo. Give him what is required, what is expected according to halacha.